Cheryl, do you want to start the reading verse 7 today? Verse 7. Okay. CSB, or Christian Standard Bible, has it like this. As my life was fading away, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer came to you, to your holy temple. Okay. Great. So what do you think that Jonah meant by that phrase? In the New King James, it says, my soul fainted within me. I actually yeah. like that translation. Yeah, better. I thought that was interesting, the whole my life was slipping away. I, I thought mm-hmm. the same thing was like, the soul fainting sounds more like what, I don't know. like The experience. Ex- yeah, the more expressive of his whole experience. and mm-hmm. Like, because the Hebrew word is languished. So it's not, I, didn't, I was like, that doesn't connote to me death necessarily, but just like agony. Or hopelessness. <laughs> yeah, despair. Where he's that's what I really, for life. Yes. Yeah. That's what I thought. Like, yeah, that, yeah. And yeah. because that's what I wrote, like, this is it. And I was thinking about, sometimes we resign ourselves to situations and the Lord wants to change them. And I was thinking about mm. the chapter five, when Peter had been all night fishing and he caught no fish and he's just mm. like, this is it. There are no fish in the Galilee. It's over. And Jesus says, go back out and go into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And he's like, Lord, we fished all night. Mm-hmm. We caught nothing. Like, we're fishermen. We're experts. We did it at the right time in the right way that always guarantees fish, and we didn't yeah. get fish. And I don't know what kind of look Jesus gave him, but he goes, nevertheless. You know, at your word. At your yeah. word. <laughs> And then there was this huge catch of fish. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking about Paul in um, 2 Corinthians 1, where he said, we have the sentence of death in ourselves. So we learn not to trust in ourselves, but in the living God. And that's what I thought this pictures, because he fainted. It's like, I can do nothing to save myself. Mm-hmm. There, if, if my salvation rests on me, it's done. It's over. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought, too, this verse links to the one before where he was talking about being in the lowest pit. Mm-hmm. And so he's kind of expressing that same thing of just being in the lowest pit. And we're never too low for God to hear us Amen. and for God to rescue us, yeah. which is Corey Timboom. I think your earring is going oh. against your okay, microphone. Okay, I'll just take them off. Sorry, I remember that happening with Anne Graham Lott, so you're in good company. Oh, yeah, that's true. It happens to the, yes, exactly. the best. <laughs> to the best of us. Oh, see, it's gone. It's perfect. Okay. Oh. Do either of you want to share a time when this happened or a story of somebody where you saw that happen? Mm-hmm. Their soul fainting within them? I have a couple. I have a lot of fainting times. Yeah. I wish I didn't, but your brain says I extrapolate to like, I'm always worst going worst case, case scenario. scenario. Always. Yeah, I do that too. Yeah, that's yeah, you true. do. I remember because yeah. we've gone together places. <laughs> yeah. it's like, oh no, I think this French fry has gluten. You know no. what? Okay, <laughs> that yeah, I'll never live that one down. But anyway, <laughs> no. And the reason why is because you parachuted out of an airplane without fear, but that French fry really French, was taking yeah, you it down. Was, it was. Isn't yeah. it interesting? That I, I would have lost heart unless I believed this French fry didn't have gluten. <laughs> That's the thing, though. It is very personal. Like, what is your thing that puts you in that place where you feel hopeless is not the same for somebody else. And that's why it's like we need, the Lord knows the rescue that we need personally, and he's such a personal God. He meets us in those places where that might be overwhelming, Hmm. and he sees that. Yesterday, you know, okay, so I've got the broken toe, and everything's just a little more inconvenient, Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to change the ink on my computer, and I didn't realize there's 
there's another thing that you have to take off the lid. So the ink went all over my hands. Oh, that's what that is. Yes, it's oh. ink. And it's mainly gone, but anyway. And it went all over my hands, all over my desk, all over the floor, oh. all over my computer, oh, all over my sweater, all over the, um, I mean, all over, pretty much all over, the printer, everything. <laughs> so I called Brian, who told me not to bug him because he had a paper to write, but I can't handle this on my own. Plus, my bed's been broken for over a week, which he fixed it. They sent us the part, and he was able to put it in today. He's my hero right now. But, and he did come up to my rescue with a whole bunch of rags. Even though he asked me, what is a rag? That was like, that's when a man doesn't want to help. Mm-hmm. Like, Brian, bring me up some rags. What are rags? You know. It's like, which one's the washing machine? Yeah. Have I been so yeah. long a time with you, Brian, and yet you do not know the washing machine this from the dryer? This is normal. Let me tell you, I have all or what a rag is. House. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, it was just be, it was just everything got to me, and it was it was really interesting because the Lord spoke to me and He said, "Cheryl, Satan can't do his worst." And I was thinking because I was reading in the Bible about a demon possessed man in um, Matthew chapter twelve, and I was thinking if angels according to Hebrews, are ministering spirits. That was an angel. That was an angel. Someone got its wings. Um, Meant to minister uh, to those who have received or are going to receive salvation. Then fallen angels are tormenting spirits, and that's what we see throughout the gospel, that are meant to torment or come to torment the heirs of salvation and to bring torment uh, and keep those from getting saved, those who are going to save, trying to block the way. And I was thinking about there's, I couldn't help but feel there's a little bit of like torment here between my toe and everything. And I felt like the Lord said, but that's the worst they can do. Mm-hmm. I've so protected you. They're so frustrated with all yeah. my protection and my love for you. And I was like, oh. And then when I looked at the ink, I was like, that's the best you can do. Make my hands look ugly. That's it. And I just thought, wow, I can laugh at this. Mm-hmm. I can like, oh. The best. This Mm -hmm. is it. You know, and I just felt so under the covering of the Lord. You know, God has these wonderful reversals, like we talked about last week, Mm -hmm. about just saying, Cheryl, rejoice. And so I just started thinking about all the areas of victory. But I did that because my soul was fainting. Mm -hmm. You know, the enemy wants to get us down with the little things. And God wants us to laugh at the little things, knowing that he's got the big things. He's got the big things. I was thinking, too, of that analogy. Like, we, if we want to see stars, we can't really see stars where we live here in Orange County because we have too much light pollution. And so if you want to see stars, you have to go out to where there's no other light, and you have to look up. And sometimes God allows us in these places where it's really dark, and we're isolated or we're off on our own. But if we look up, we can see stars. Mm-hmm. And it's just that reminder that he has this beauty, that he is with us. And sometimes it takes those darkest places to see the truth of who he is. And for me, like when I'm in these languishing places, what helps me is looking at scripture. So to me, that's the looking up at the stars and a verse that's always ministered to me. And especially at, you know, those despairing times is Psalm 27, 13 and 14. And the psalmist says, I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would 
see the goodness of the Lord in this life. And then the command is wait. He tells his soul, wait on the Lord, be of good cheer and he will strengthen your heart. And so promises from scripture are what help me when I'm in those despairing places. Holding on to quoting a lot of scripture here. True. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's good. And like especially that. we realized a lot from the Psalms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But God often needs to take out the other props, the false hopes, mm-hmm. before he can bring in the real hope. And I think about the wedding in Cana. They had to run out of the wine. Right. Yeah. Before they could have the divine wine. They had to have a place of need. And we have yeah. to often lose all the props of self-trust. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. we look up. I mean, how many times like we're like, well, if A doesn't work, I'll go to B. If B doesn't work, I'll go to C. If C doesn't work, I'll use D. If D doesn't work, I'll do E. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we go through and it's and and if C doesn't work, I'll use double A. And if double A doesn't work, then I'll use double B. Mm-hmm. And you know, and if double Z doesn't work, I'll use triple A. And we just have all these contingency plans Mm -hmm. and it's not until all the contingencies Mm. are impossibilities that we're like um by the way could you help with this you know so let's look and see if we can find any insights from these that Jonah's choice is what he did here is he remembered the Lord Mm -hmm. and he prayed what are your insights that's that's kind of like what you guys are saying he got to that point and I liked what um, how Wearsby kind of defined that phrase remember the Lord he said, mm-hmm. basically what this means is Jonah's saying, I acted on the basis of his commitment to me. It's like, at this point, I have to you know, just go to what God has said about himself and who he is to me um, and realizing that's really the only thing I can throw myself on and, and you know, is that is God, really, and his, you know, his covenant, his contingency plan. <laughs> and so, I, I, I kind of went with the word remembered because he didn't, Forget that God was. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But he forgot who God is. Mm-hmm. He forgot the who. Yeah. And the who is so important. And that goes back to what Jasmine was saying. And I went to Exodus 34, 6. Did you too? I went to Deuteronomy. Yeah. So we'll see what you <laughs> But that the Lord is gracious. Yeah. Because at this point, he needs the Lord's grace. Mm-hmm. And it says, and the Lord forgets. Mm-hmm. And he needed the forgiveness of the Lord. And he needed to, and he needed to realize, you probably went to the power of the Lord. Mm-hmm. In um, Deuteronomy 33, actually, 31? The, I was looking in the beginning of Deuteronomy, yeah. like how that's what um, the the Israelites were called to remember. That was something that God just put before them mm-hmm. constantly. Yes. You're to walk in the way and remember. You're to talk about it with your children. You're to put it on your forehead. You're to write it on your your doorpost. All of these things to help us remember. Like that was part of their practice yeah. was to practice remembering. Because when it says that Israel forgot their God, mm-hmm. they didn't forget that there's a God because there's the temple. They forgot the power. Mm -hmm. They forgot the love. Mm -hmm. They forgot the work um, and the goodness of God. This is what they forgot. And you know, we know God's alive, Mm -hmm. but our neglect comes because we forget who our God is. You know, his love. We forget that we have a God who died on a cross for us. Mm -hmm. And we forget the power of God because he rose again from the dead. And he has the authority on earth to forgive sins. And we uh, we forget the transforming power of the Lord, Mm -hmm. whether it's in our circumstances or in ourselves or in others we're praying for. 
That's why I find the Psalms so comforting to read because they're so filled with the character of God. So sometimes like when you can't think like how to pray, you know, like we were talking about last week about those groanings that can't be uttered. If you can't think of how to pray and you don't even like words aren't coming, if you turn to the Psalms, it exalts who God is and it brings your mind back to the majesty of God, the power of God, the infiniteness of God. And it like helps you to deal with the circumstances because you get your eyes off the circumstance and back onto who God is. And I think even just like going on to the, the prayer thing mm-hmm. that, you know, that too, rec- recognizing who you're praying to and what it, what, you know, what effect that's having. And, and just the fact that he says it went up to God, to his holy temple. That's just something that's just a consistent thought in scripture. My prayer's rising before you is incense. Yes. I know you've talked about Revelation that 8. whole thing. Yeah. When you're on the prayer Sunday or whatever about Revelation eight. Yeah. The, the prayers. Prayer. Yes. The prayers mingled with it. incense. That really, I don't know. That just kind of struck me. It's like, these are things... We know if we've been walking with the Lord, you know, like, yes, I know my prayers go up. But just that thought again, uh, visualizing my prayer actually going right up to the seat of authority and power before mm. God, like not, not one of my prayers doesn't go up there. Yeah. Like they all rise to him. And it was like, wow, love, you can do something about this. Yeah, in the pathway of prayer though, what we see is they're mingled with the yeah. elements yeah, of yeah, heaven, yeah. put on the altar where they're purified mm-hmm. so that, the prayers are not how we prayed them, yeah. but they're how we would have prayed them had we known mm. what God knows. Right. Is that Tim Keller? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it is. That's blatant so that. plagiarism. Yeah. <laughs> and then, Sorry, then it rises up to God. Mm. And, when, and then the angels fill their censers mm-hmm. and they hurl it back to earth as thunders, lightnings. Mm. I mean, it comes back with power. Yes. Which yeah. I love. But I put Psalm 86 five, because you're talking about the Psalms too, where Mm -hmm. I love this one scripture because it says, God is ready to forgive. And right then he needed the forgiveness of God. What he had done was bad, really bad. (laughs) But when I was in England and I had to teach these women who had no foundation at all, they just were brand new believers. And I was praying like, Lord, where, where do I teach them? Through what book? The Lord gave me the Psalms, mm-hmm. and it was that they might know His character, yeah. and it w- and that they might know what intimacy with God looks like. Mm-hmm. So I went through. I think it was a three-year study of wow. the Psalms. Cool. And that's what we were looking at—the character of God and the possibility of intimacy and the honesty. Honesty, of it. yeah, being yes. raw with the Lord. Yeah, totally transparent. Mm-hmm. Well, any other takeaways before we move on? Mm-hmm. That sometimes we need harsh circumstances to remember who God is. That's so good. And my greatest takeaway was that God was always waiting right there to pour out his mercy. So he's right there. Yes. Okay, verse eight. Jasmine, do you want to read it? Okay, verse eight. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. I like this. Mm -hmm. Lots here. Okay. I like the, oh no, I was just saying, I like the King James on on that, how it says those who, which is strange. Like, when do we ever say I like King James better? But (laughs) I just like how it said those who observe lying vanities. I was like, oh, that's a great way to describe idols. Mm -hmm. They do, they deceive, they lie to you. And and even just the word vanity in the Hebrew, it just means it's a vapor. It's a breath. Like these things are so transient. And and the the correct um, translation of that is it refers to graven images, but the idea is false ideals. Yeah. And the graven mm. images, sometimes they represented a false god, but sometimes they represented a false ideal yeah. or a false concept. That's, yeah, that's a better translation. Well, that idol is. makes you think of a, 
object Stone, all the time. So something yeah, material. Yeah. Where this is like a fault, but they represented false concepts mm-hmm. often. That's like that it it represented fertility. Mm-hmm. Or it represented wisdom, mm-hmm. or it, and so it's like if you look to this graven imagery, if you look to this for this false ideal, if you put yeah. your trust in, you know, like, well, if I only had um, prosperity, mm-hmm. then all my problems would be over. Mm-hmm. And those who observe, wor- uh, I put worship worthless vanities. This can be graven images, false gods, or false ideas, mm-hmm. which those images represent. They forsake or hurt themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a great phrase here that to quote my mom a little bit later, but I'll save it for the takeaway. Yeah, we can keep going because that is what I, my takeaways of like um, Jonah, what the worthless lies were in him were that he believed he could run away from God. That's right. He believed that, um, you know, he deserved God's grace, but other people didn't like this nationalism that kept him from wanting to share the grace of God with others. Yeah. And actually that's for uh, question two about like the ones in our culture. I think Mm -hmm. that's what I got was an idea there. I really, I did, I think those are called Venn diagrams, right? When you do the little thing and then you do the offshoots. Ah. So I did a circle. Okay, and I this, put, is, this is a teaching moment for me. What'd you call it again? I think it's a Venn diagram. Or are those the ones that overlap? I can't remember. Anyway, it might be just one of those brainstorm clouds. But I put like the circle in the middle with everything shooting off of it. Yeah. And I mean, I just put self because that's really, if you want the idol of our culture that everything else radiates out of so right good. now, I mean, think the big one, I think, is identity issues. That's rooted in self. Yes. I mean, gender issues, race issues, you know, uh, just sex. These things that, are, that are people are trying to find identity in, like, this is who I am, this is what I... Mm-hmm. And I actually thought of, I mean, there's this girl, uh, my best friend, she's gone back to school and everything, and she was uh, in a class with this girl, and they're, doing, they're in STEM, so they're doing, you know, science and math and all that stuff. And this girl, they were talking about Isaac Newton and some of his, you know, scientific stuff, and she goes well, can we really trust anything Isaac Newton said because he was a virgin? And I was like, what does that have to do with anything? But this girl, I mean, if you heard some of the things she said, she's viewing everything through the eyes of sex. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, and that's her identity is how many people I've slept with, all that stuff. These are the things people are viewing as their filter, you know? Again, Mm -hmm. like all of these things, trying to find an identity, but even like comfort, happiness, power, money, social media, it's all rooted in self. True. So I was like, that is the idol of our day. So anyway. And thinking we don't need God, that we are our own God or we can solve our own problems and we don't need God. Yeah. I just put some kind of things like all sex is good sex. That's an ideal. Mm -hmm. Um, If it feels good, you should do it. Mm -hmm. There are no consequences for sin. Money and making money is the objective of life. If I had more money, more fame, more success, a husband or a wife, mm. I'd be happy. And Happiness. I cannot be happy without, you know, fill in mm-hmm. the blank. And I just, I just kind of like the ideals that I mm-hmm. hear, like especially right. on the media and, you know. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. This is so Any other thoughts <laughs> before we moved on to question four? No. No. That that about covered it. (laughs) I know. That was so good. Yeah, but if you idolize your, sorry, if you idolize yourself, if everything's a vapor and a breath, what happens when you die? You've been basing everything on you, and it's like, oh. There's no foundation. (laughs) Yeah, it's scary. I am so not worth depending on. Yeah, anyway. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Go on. Carry on. Don't depend on me, you guys. Stop. I'm just kidding. She might not be right about the vindogram. I, this wasn't you. I don't even know if it was a Venn diagram. What do I Venn diagram? See, and I don't even. Someone I has got already Vindogram. googled it. I'm sure someone already knows. Yeah, right somebody now. like Jasmine's an idiot. That's fine. No, okay. somebody's like Jasmine is a genius because that's what I'm thinking. Thanks, Cheryl. But so good. 
<laughs> Me too. <laughs> we could take a vote, but I think you'd win overwhelmingly. But this is what led Jonah into problems, was relying on these things that are false, that yes. were lying, worthless lies. And it brought him to that place of almost forsaking my mm. own mercy. So what does that phrase mean? Well, I think Jasmine kind of covered it. Like, what am I going to do? when I die? Or what are you going to do when you're in the fish? Mm-hmm. And all those ideals prove false. Yeah. And they can't help you to get out of a fish. They can't help you to survive. What are you going to do then? And I thought right. about, it, to forsake your own mercy is to bring trouble on yourself. Mm-hmm. It's to turn from all he knew about God, the loving mm-hmm. kindness, a faithful uh, God. It's to run from God. And it's to run away from mercy, love, peace, power, strength. It goes back to when I said that the angels that are with God are ministering spirits. Mm-hmm. And the ones that turned from God from that um, privilege of being mm-hmm. ministering spirits, mm-hmm. they, you turn to the opposite. Yeah. And so you become tormenting. And I, I just think when you turn from the good, you're turning towards evil. Right, yeah. When you're turning away from good, you're turning towards evil. So I, I was thinking when Jonah turned from God, and the protection of God, to turn from protection is to turn to vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Uh, to turn from going across land is to turn to the chaos of the sea. Mm-hmm. To, to turn from the word of the Lord is to turn to the word of lies. And, you know, you're turning That's from great. the word of truth, the lies. Yeah, no, yeah. And, and those things, idols don't show mercy. No. <laughs> like you're saying, can. there's torment. You yes. know, you're not going to find any mercy in anything because else. Because behind yeah. the idols is, yeah. a, is a false god, yeah. is, a, is a demon, mm-hmm. you know. My takeaway was just that when we run from God, we're running from our own good. We yeah, are. exactly. That pretty much. Okay, so yeah. I've got my mom saying when you do yours. What? I've got, I'm waiting with my mom saying. Oh, you okay. have to, oh, well, oh, I was just going to, my other last thought is just about, about the mercy of God and just how much we need it. And then I was just thinking how sometimes God will, like in the case of Jonah, um, use his severe mercy. And it reminded mm-hmm. me of this book. You guys might have heard of it. It's, it's called The Severe Mercy by Sheldon Van Aken. I love that book. Isn't that, I, so, I haven't read, read it in years, but I, I remember loving that book. And that's what it's about for him. It was him coming to realize that the, the things God had to strip away mm-hmm. in order Including to show. His yeah. Yes. His, he had to, in order to show his mercy towards him, but it had to be a severe mercy mm-hmm. so that he could really find Jesus and really be in that you know, right place and saved. I yeah, I haven't <laughs> read that in so long that I love that I know, book. I need to reread that. Anyway. Okay, Cheryl, what's your story? Okay, so my mom used to use this famous Irish phrase. My mom was always quoting this Irish phrase because her mother was uh, first-generation Irish. Her adopted mother was first-generation mm-hmm. Irish. So my mom has all these Irish sayings. And she used to say, she would refer to this scripture as cutting off your nose to spite your face. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have you heard that phrase Mm -hmm. before? Yeah. She'd always be like, oh, they're cutting off their nose to spite Mm -hmm. their face. As if cutting off your nose is getting even with your face and not making you just look bad. Right. And so when you, when you give heed to lying vanities Mm -hmm. and you believe the lies Mm -hmm. above the word of God, above the authority of God, above the person of God, you're just hurting yourself. Yeah. You're just making yourself look real bad. Well, and we see this started in the very beginning with Eve, you know, yes. like the enemy yes. wants to deceive us that our way is better, that we know better than God, which is just so ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. But it's, that's the deception of it, that we know better than God does. Totally. That's what it boils down mm. to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You guys ready to move on? Go for it. Auntie, will you read? Verse Thank you. <laughs> nine. I would be happy to. 
but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. And yes, we know there's a typo on C. (laughs) Angie and I were discussing it this morning. Like, it's not pay what I have owed, it's paid what I have vowed. Sorry about that. We were yes. appalled that we I missed know. that. How could we miss this? <laughs> and it was, I was the, you didn't correct mine. I know, right? You <laughs> we were going to say that. There is no one righteous. No, not one. Well, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So here we have these resolves that Jonah made, and they were going to cost him. So mm. what would this practically mean to him? To sacrifice, to offer thanksgiving, and to pay what he has vowed. You know, to me, I saw a difference between the, uh, the three of them hmm. that was so clear. And I, sacrifice is something that's going to hurt me, mm. something that's costly. Right. Where Thanksgiving is remembering what God has done, mm-hmm. the, you know, the deliverance. Uh, it's, it's commending or bringing attention to. And then pay what I have vowed is, and I actually went with owed. I was thinking about <laughs> what do I, mean, I owe works, to right? God yeah, because of vows. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. do I owe to God? Mm. And I thought, I actually thought that ode might be a little divine. <laughs> but I was thinking about how he gave me my very life. He's given me eternal life. How can I say no to anything? Mm-hmm. You know, and I have vowed by entering this covenant of okay. eternal life with him. And so I saw it as different, you know, sacrifice is costly. Thanksgiving mm-hmm. is recognizing all that he's due because of all he's done. Mm-hmm. And then... Thirdly, it's that covenant that I have. And because of all he's doing for me, this is what I have covenanted to do. Yeah, um, it reminded me, the whole thought of sacrifice just reminded me of God's instruction that he desires obedience over sacrifice. Yeah. And here's a point where this is, Jonah's coming to this, that what yeah. God really wants from him, the sacrifice he wants from him, is obedience. And it is a sacrifice because it's going to cost him Always. having to go to Nineveh. That's, yeah, that's where I was going with. I think on these, what I saw was like, okay, now it's time to put the repentance into action. Exactly. Like what you're saying with the obedience. It's uh-huh. like, because we can, we can say we're sorry, but our actions really show that we, it's, it, it really took, you know, like, okay, I'm really going to do something about this. people want a costless Christianity. Yeah. They want the scriptures that, um, that are easy for mm-hmm. them, or they want the scriptures that the feel are, good promises, the feel good promises, or they want the ones that affirm mm-hmm. what they're doing, mm-hmm. but they don't want the ones that contradict. They don't want the ones that are a little difficult and, mm. uh, the ones that make you go, oh, God is also God of judgment. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's going to separate the goats from the sheep. Mm. They don't want those. Yeah. They just want the feel good, like you said once. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about Christianity is costly. Jesus yeah. said, count the cost. Mm-hmm. And those who want a costless Christianity, Christianity without sacrifice, are going to find that what they've got is a line vanity. Mm-hmm. And, and not the true Jesus. And this is what he said, isn't it? Um, in Matthew chapter 7, many will come in the last day saying, mm-hmm. Lord, right. Lord, didn't I cast out demons in your name? Didn't yeah. I do? And he'll say, depart from me. And he says, because you never did the will of my father. The will of the father is to be under the authority mm-hmm. of the word of God. Mm-hmm. That's really good. And that actually, that just made me think of... Um, one of the, when I'm teaching church history class, we get to like liberal theology, which is like kind of like the modern pervasive 
it's thing. And it's acknowledging the needle. It, it, it totally is. Mm-hmm. One of the main characteristics is basically I am making God in my image. Mm-hmm. Like God is what I want to be, which is exactly what you're saying. It really is an idol. You think it's God, but it's really you, what you projected him to be. And that's right. just you again. That's self. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you project it by saying, I'll take these scriptures, but not these exactly. scriptures. Yes. Even the Jesus seminar, which is like kind of the bastion of liberalism mm. or liberal theology, they're saying, well, we don't like this that Jesus said. Yes. And we don't really right. think he did miracles. So here's the real Jesus, this right. um, mummified yeah, we Jesus. sanitized him. Sanitized yeah. and yeah. saying the things that are culturally um, accepted right. in our century. So That's yes. That's why we have to be in the word. We have to know the word. I mean, just yes. even like Eve, she didn't, she took God's word out of context and said it wrong. We have to know God's word. And she only had one just, thing. And be Jeez. under the yeah. authority. <laughs> yeah. But if she had just stuck with what she knew yeah. mm-hmm. and obeyed even what she knew, even if she heard it wrong, or mm-hmm. if she just stuck with that, Man, I'd be sinless today. Yeah, we'd be doing a lot better right now. (laughs) So looking at Thanksgiving too, to me, this was a change of heart. And to me, it showed his gratitude. Mm. Choosing to be grateful is a picture of surrender. He's Mm. surrendering to God's will with his gratitude. And it brings peace. Like we see in Philippians 4, you know, we studied Philippians last, that he wants us to ask. He wants us to come to him with Thanksgiving. And one of the results of that is peace. Mm. But here's the incredible thing, too. I agree 100%. But Thanksgiving in the belly of a great fish? <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, I was, yeah, I was going through this yeah, really smartly. difficult time one time. Yeah. And I felt like the Lord challenged to me because there's so many more things to be thankful for than to be unthankful for. Yeah, true. And it's true. When I get, like, I start to faint, I start thinking of all the things I should be thankful for. That's all my good. children are healthy. Mm-hmm. All my children are walking with Jesus. My husband loves me. Mm-hmm. My husband likes my cooking. My husband comes <laughs> home every night. I mean, yeah. my dog I loves me. I have comfortable me. shoes for a broken toe. I have I mean, comfortable shoes things. for a broken toe. Right? I do. Yes. And I have you know. blister band-aids for where they gave me blisters yes. that work. But, you know, I mean, thank God for the people that made band-aids, for mm-hmm. heaven's sake. Literally, heaven's sake. And I mean, like, I have a car that's running. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a spare bed that I can sleep in till my bed gets fixed, right. whenever that day is. Gratitude and makes us better people. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it changes good. our perspective, it even does. in the middle of these pits and these hard places. So I was thinking, mm. what was Jonah saying thank, hmm. thank you for? Because again, I told you, I put Maybe myself for in there. keeping him alive. Maybe there was one thing he I've could got be thankful breath right for. Now. I can breathe. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. know, thank you, Lord, that I can breathe. Thank you, Lord, because probably in the belly of the well, or a fish, it was probably warm water. Yes. Because it's probably well, heated up. We were up. thinking about that last week because mm-hmm. we were thinking, like, how did he not get hypothermia being wet for three days? And so um, one of my friends looked it up, and, you know, if it was a mammal, it could have been a mammal, we don't know, then it would have been 98.6 degrees, oh, which nice is almost 100 degrees. So can you imagine being in a sauna for three days? Sweet. I, I mean, know. well. It would, it would actually kind of yeah. feel like hell to him probably yeah. to be in that kind of heat. <laughs> but, but to realize, too, that the Lord was sustaining him. Exactly. Or even like um, I was talking to Kathy Gilbert and Linda, and we were talking mm-hmm. about this trip that we had gone to England, and, um, and we had gone to Ireland the year before, and how wonderful that was and how wonderful to have memories yeah and maybe he was thinking about all the good things of the past Mm -hmm. and all God's faithfulness in the past Mm -hmm. and the fact that God would listen to him even 
after being so naughty, yeah. even after jeopardizing innocent lives, yeah. that God would still listen yeah, to him. He us. said, you, answer, you have answered me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there was that sense, okay, I am still connected to God. Mm-hmm. Thank God. I <laughs> think he's still there. Well, and I think here we're going to see a key, which mm-hmm. is this next part of the verse, salvation is of the Lord. Yeah, and that's that great. is what I've heard too is the central theme of the Bible, but it's the central yes. theme of this book. Yeah. And he's having a realization here that he is saved by God on God alone. The only source yeah. of salvation. Yeah, that How brought, does that revelation speak? Yeah. Oh yeah, no, that just brought me back. I know I mentioned this, I think the other day, but just, uh, I know Brian was teaching on Sunday about like the gospel and how we don't have to be afraid because we have the power of God. Like, you know, we have salvation. We can be confident, mm-hmm. you know, and we don't have to be cowering and afraid of the culture. It's like, no, we, we have the best thing possible to offer. And just that fact that salvation is only from the Lord and not from any other source. Yeah. So that was just, to me, another reminder too, to be bold. I think we put too much faith in government. Mm-hmm. Government <laughs> at its very best, even under Washington had slavery. Mm-hmm. And I think Washington was probably the last president with integrity. Oh, he was amazing um, <laughs> in other areas, yes. <laughs> but, you know, he had this, he had this fault because right. all men at their best are not Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we need Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so God has this way of taking out all the props and leaving us with Jesus. Yeah. You know, taking away all the false vanities so that we are trusting in God's salvation alone and realizing, mm-hmm. like you said, salvation is the thing that we need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and absolutely. Jonah came to that realization that he couldn't save himself, number one, and that no one else could save him. There was no human being or thing that could save him. Yeah. Only the Lord could save him. And you know, you can have a lot of um, moral people that are going to hell. Mm-hmm. And I've known a lot of moral people that were going to hell. I remember the nicest girl who was um, super moral. And mm-hmm. my friend Lisa and I decided in high school she must be a Christian because she's always kind, mm. she's always loving, she's always moral. And we went up to her and we're like, Susan, are you a Christian? She's like, no, I'm a Buddhist. And we're like, oh. I mean, are, we were just like, would you like to be a Christian? You know? <laughs> we were just one. like crestfallen mm-hmm. because morality is not the answer. Mm-hmm. I mean, we want that protection for our children. But I remember I had a friend and her daughter um, got involved with some really bad things and then ended up committing suicide. And I asked her, I said, if you had to do all over again, what would you do? And she said, I would expose my daughter to evil. And she said, I had so sanctified her life. I had so sterilized it. Like we never watched violent programs. We never watched Mm -hmm. anything. And she said, I would have let her know that there is true evil in this world. Mm. And so that she would have realized it and recognized it when she saw it. I had a mother that was like always, do you see that? Uh evil. And it's like, I know. Like, do you want to be? No. Then you recognize how good the good is. You do. Yeah. I mean, she told me about every child that got kidnapped. It's like, did anyone talk to you? You know, did anyone offer you candy? Uh. Um, But she, because she had grown up with really Mm. evil people in her Mm. life. And she wanted me to be protected. And she felt the way of protection was like, it's out there. Open eyes. It's out there. And I'm not going to have you be blindsided by this. I'm going to let you know. And I think so many times we don't, we're so trying to sterilize our children's environment Mm -hmm. that they grow up entitled and not believing there's evil. Mm -hmm. They're like, even the garden, it's just a pretty snake. Mm -hmm. You know, I can have this conversation. I mean, Eve honestly said I was deceived. Adam wasn't deceived. He knew better. Mm -hmm. 
She was honestly deceived because she didn't expect a snake mm-hmm. in the garden. Yeah. She didn't expect anything evil in that place. Yeah. And I think we have to say there is evil. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes, you know, I, I took my kids to all the evil people passages and watched them. I made them watch true crime shows with me. <laughs> They're like, I can't sleep tonight. It's all right. Well, That's fine. Salvation's of the, the other Lord. side of it, yes, with salvation being of the Lord, is seeing our own need for a Savior. Yes. And that was the thing that I noticed is my takeaway, is that it's personal. Is Yes, this is for the world, like God wanted Jonah to tell everyone and for everyone to know that his salvation was for all people, but also it's very personal. Yeah. And sometimes we need to see our own need for a Savior before we're going to recognize that salvation is of the Lord. That's a great point. And, and going on that. what you were saying, because all three of us grew up in Christian homes, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, there is, you, you still need to see it for yourself yep. that you need it. Yeah. That's okay. great. I'm move on. on. Yes. I first one, one takeaway real yeah. quick. I put, it's not just sacrifice, but thanksgiving and obedience that the Lord desires. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes yes. I, I knew missionaries on the field that because they sacrificed going on the field, they felt like they had liberty to do mm-hmm. these other things. And <laughs> they, they you know, too, they, they would take their liberties yeah. and it was a mess. And we have to realize that it's not just sacrifice. Like you said, I Mm -hmm. desire mercy and not sacrifice. Or um, I'm thinking of 1 Samuel, where Samuel came to Saul and he said, does the Lord have as much delight in sacrifice Mm -hmm. as obedience? Mm -hmm. You know, to obey is better than to sacrifice. And so when he says, I'll pay the Lord what I vowed, I'm in covenant. So I, I just think... Yeah. Too many times we say, well, I already, I went to church Sunday, I've so now enough. I should be able to do yeah, right. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, verse 10. Cheryl, would Sorry you please that. read that? Okay, this is a good one. Then the Lord yeah. commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Beautiful. Nice. <laughs> up, up, up. Okay, so the other, last yeah, really. week we were like down, 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 and this week it's up, up, up. I know. What a way up. to help. Yeah. This is the eject button but that Jonah me, got. The part that's like amazing is it hurled him not back into the ocean where you'd have yeah. to swim for shore, but it took him close enough where when it expulsed him, it was dry land. Interesting. And to me, that's that's so Another miraculous. Miracle. How and many times? More mercy. That, that's yes. like major projection for that fish. <laughs> like, and I bet, I bet Jonah couldn't you know? swim. Huh. You know, I just have this feeling that Jonah, you know, probably yeah, couldn't swim. Yeah, because he was swim. a landlocked prophet. He grew up, well, he grew up near prophet. the Galilee. No, no, he like, could have, yeah, right. he could have, but, <laughs> yeah, but, but I just thought, wow, I mean, the command of the Lord yeah. is not only, you know, take him to the shallow. Yeah. No, not just take him to the shallow, mm-hmm. but. Get him going towards I mean, think where about that. Like, go. I mean, yeah. I, I think about the expulsion. Yeah. And I'm like, how, how many feet did he fly? I know. Yeah. That would be really cool. I mean, to land on dry land. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I mean, there's a couple things on that. I, yeah, I love what? that in the New King James, it said that the Lord spoke to the fish. Just how God talks to nature. I was thinking of magician's nephew and Aslan's talking to and creating all the animals. Like God just, he has a relationship with nature. And I think in that, this actually comes into my other takeaways on like the power of God and stuff like that. But, um, and, and how nature like obeys God. And I was like, man, what a rebuke to humanity. What a contrast the fish was with Jonah, honestly. I mean, you know, the fish is like, okay, but I mean, he does everything. 
The Lord prepared the fish to come swallow him and barf him up. And then, but Jonah is just like resisting God. Every step I was like, humans are so dumb. It's like, what's that I verse in Psalms? Like, don't be like the mule yes. that has to be harnessed with a bridle. It's Psalm like, 32. oh, we're just so, yeah. Anyway, sorry. You're like, yeah. well, no, I loved is, your fish imitation. Oh, thanks. This okay. is funny because this is the second time <laughs> that Jonah got tossed. First, he got tossed by the sailors. And here he was a fair paying um, passenger. He had paid his fare yeah. <laughs> and he got tossed by them. Yeah. And now he's getting tossed again. So disobedience can be very humbling. Boy, what a ma- yes, very embarrassing. Very tossing. That's great. <laughs> very tossing. Very tossing. Um, but I agree with you about um, nature too, because since we're yeah, going on to nature. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about how when... Job has been kind of saying, yeah. you know, why God, why God, why God? And God doesn't answer Job's questions, but he shows how intimately he mm. involved in nature he is. Yeah. He's like, are you there when the deer gives birth? Mm-hmm. In other words, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Are, you, are you involved in Pleiades and the stars? I am. Are, you know, Leviathan, does the eagle yeah. fly at your command? Yes. He doesn't mind. And just mm. all this, that God, you know, Nature has this relationship with God that that mankind is missing. Yeah, it's tr- kind of tragic, really, mm-hmm. if you think about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Any other thoughts on these things? The nature, uh, power of God, and mercy of God. The, the power of God one. Just yeah. you know, and I was just thinking about how this might seem like a remarkable story. Like, whoa, this is crazy. This fish and da 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 da. But it really shouldn't surprise us you know, if we know the power and authority of God, and it just reminded me of uh, Matthew 22, 29, when Jesus says, you are mistaken, mistaken not knowing the scriptures of the power of God. Did you write that down too? No, or just... but I was quoting that yesterday. And yeah. I was thinking that because the Spirit of the Lord brought that to me mm. about somebody who's twisting, uh, about some of these people who are looking so to government. Mm. And I thought they don't know the power of God. Yeah. God is able to change any official's heart. Mm. And we've got to pray for changes of heart and yeah. salvation. Yeah, you know. Really I, I, but I was, yeah, I was that challenged. Yeah, in just the areas of my own life, like I don't. Don't you know the power of God? Like you were saying, like yeah. There's so many areas of our lives. It's like, man, Lord, I'm so sorry that I am so limiting you. And the so scripture good. is telling us again and again, mm-hmm. not only the power but the love of God that God yeah. wants to save, mm-hmm. and God wants to show grace, mm-hmm. and God is ready, as we mentioned earlier, to forgive. Mm-hmm. So um, I like that too. I put God is able to direct command and his will cannot ultimately be violated. Mm. And then here we realize that God's not using his full force. (laughs) In fact, there's a scripture in Matthew where um, Jesus said, but if I, with the finger of God, am casting out demons. I mean, like Mm. he said, I'm using the least, the least of God's Mm -hmm. power. Mm. I mean, how often do you use your baby you and know, there's finger. no strength in it either. Yes, so, yeah. but this is like what he's using and like be gone. I mean, it, yeah. and yeah. this is like nothing to God. Mm-hmm. And, and there's another scripture. It says um, it's a time when they're needing water for their flocks and their animals. And it's Jehoshaphat with two other kings and they're running through. And so they find the prophet Elisha and they're like, look, our soldiers and everything needs need water. And he says, you know, there will not be, there will, you won't see rain and you won't see uh, wind, but this valley will be filled mm-hmm. with water. Mm. And he says, and this is an easy thing for God. Mm. Amen. This is such yeah. an easy thing for God. And I'm thinking, Good. this fish, like yeah. where we're like, yeah. what? Are you kidding? This is an 
easy thing mm-hmm. for God. Yeah. This well, is an easy thing. And I was thinking of the mercy of God too, that it's mercy is an act that he did all of this and even provided him getting to land so he didn't need to spit him onto a boat. He got him straight to land. But the result of God's mercy is peace. Mm-hmm. Amen, yeah. Do you guys have any takeaways before we move on? Just the one thing on what Cheryl was just saying, I just thought of Job again, Job 26, where it says these are the mere edges of his ways. Yes. And a small whisper we hear just of him. Like it's yes, like, so just a little, yeah. And that so kind of, that was mine too, that yeah. God did not use the full force of his power. Mm-hmm. And if he did, no one would survive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. And so you know, often we want, it, we want God to come down in vengeance. And he's like, don't you understand? You'll die too. Yeah, you'd rather yeah. have the mercy, like you that were saying. Yeah. You really, yeah. <laughs> okay. So now we're going to do a recap of Jonah chapter 1. Yes. Okay. So where does Jonah end up at the end of the chapter? Tennessee. Right. But he starts on dry land, and he ends up in a great fish. Mm-hmm. Chapter 2, he starts in a great, fi- great fish, and he ends up back on land. Interesting. Well, a go. reversal. That's a summary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. We're done here. Yeah. <laughs> so how did Jonah end up there? Uh, just fleeing from the presence of the Lord, I think. Um, what, I, I, what struck me, and I don't know if I noticed this the first time through, which is why we do these reviews, yeah. um, <laughs> was just the fact that God let him do all this. God could have stopped him a lot earlier. Like, why are you running away? Or Jonah suddenly doesn't have the money to pay for the fare. Or, you know what I mean? Oh, sorry, the ship or, got delayed. Like, or your ship sunk. Yes, sorry. he could have done anything mm-hmm. to yes. stop it. But God, not that he just gives us enough rope to hang ourselves, but more like he's going to let us go to these lengths because he's, has so much to teach us, you know, I, I just, yeah, there's, and that goes, to show how superior his yeah. way is. You wouldn't know it if you didn't sometimes go that far. And, you know, I was thinking, you know, this week again about the broken toe and about this, but that God doesn't really um, interfere with the natural mm-hmm. order of mm-hmm. wh- what earth is doing, because he knows ultimately it's going to lead to Jesus coming again. So we're living in this, this, you know, this time and he doesn't really interfere unless you ask him to. Mm-hmm. And that's when he comes in and he intrudes and he changes the disposition exactly. and he brings good out of the evil. Exactly. But until we invite Jesus into it, mm-hmm. if Jonah hadn't called on God in the belly of the, the, the no. fish, he would have died there. Yeah. And so it's agree. only when we bring God in that our circumstances yeah. have the hope of change. Mm. I was just reading that story in Matthew 20 where the two blind men came to Jesus yes. and they said to him repeatedly, Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. And Jesus says, what do you want me to do? Mm. And he could have just healed them. Yeah. But you see here, he wanted them to ask. He wanted them to see their need for a savior and to ask him. And so like what you were saying, he wants us to pray mm. and he wants us to come to him. And as soon as they asked him, he healed them. Yeah, he's drawing out so much more mm-hmm. than just like, I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix when, it. Exactly. When I was a little girl, a uh, little girl, when I was a teenager, I used to like to go out to eat with my friends sometimes after service. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'll just, honest confession, I was 114 pounds before I got my driver's license and could, and had like a chocolate chip malt all the time and french fries, like 11 o'clock at night. I got my driver's license and I gained, I went up to 138 one summer from 114 to 138, just like that. (laughs) Fries and malts and driving. I wasn't exercising anymore like I used to. But anyway, that's another story. But I used to go and ask my dad for for money. Mm-hmm. And my dad could have given me money at the beginning of the week and say, that's your allowance. But he didn't. 
And I would go up to him while he was talking to people at church. And I would say, Dad, can I have some money? And he knew I was going to be in line asking for money. Like, yeah. And he loved it. He loved to pull out and peel off some dollars to me. He wanted and you coming He wanted me coming daily. And he loved mm. it because... I don't know how to say this, but he loved the association and he loved people to know that's my daughter. Yeah. I don't know why he loved that association, but he did. And he loved being my benefactor. He loved it. Well, and even Jesus teaches us to pray that way. That's he right. says, give us our day, daily. our daily bread. Mm. And he wants us to come to him daily for that <laughs> because sustenance. Because he wants the fellowship. He wants yeah. the association. And he knows that if we get our monthly bread, right. we'll only check in once a month. And sometimes, too, we become self-dependent. If we Easily. think, like, okay, so, okay, I can budget this for a whole month, and I can make this last, and I can work this out, we do become more self-dependent than dependent on him. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. Okay, any takeaways or thoughts? Um, just, for me, it was... Um, God showing his power and saving people, even when bad examples are around them. And we had touched on that before, but I was just even thinking again through history as I do, but right now I'm studying like, uh, like what the, yeah, like Atlantic world history. So we're studying like what the Spaniards and the Portuguese did to the, you know, the the indigenous people in South America, like in the name of the cross and all these horrific things. And then of course you think of like the plantation owners during, you know, slave trade and all of that. And just, but they, but they claim to be Christians and just these bad examples, horrible examples of, of Christianity or of who, who Jesus was. And yet people still got saved. God was still able to save. Um, and and I, I mean, to me, I, I always tell my class, one of the hugest to me examples of the power of the gospel is how so many slaves gave their lives to Jesus and had legit relationships right. with him. It's like, yeah. how did that happen? These owners are horrible examples. Or like I said, the conquistadors who are going in and doing all this stuff. I like how I threw that Spanish loved, accent. Yes. It sounded dorky. I hate, no, I hate it when people do that. I was I anyway, um, but yeah, I don't know. Just the fact that, yeah, I, I don't know. Just that the people are seeking. Sometimes I think we just think, oh, the church is being a bad witness and all this mm-hmm. stuff. And I know there are things we could definitely do better, but there's people seeking and wanting hope. These sailors were really seeking and searching. And um, this is such a random example of this. I was thinking, first of all, of like the food distribution on Saturdays. You know, mm-hmm. you know, we think like, oh my gosh, nobody will ever want to come to a church. People, want, they're not thinking about all that sometimes. They're just, you know, thinking about their desperate needs and wanting hope in this really um, uncertain time. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, there's, there's still... Um, people that really that God really wants to reveal himself to. And I was even listening to this podcast. This is so random. I listen to sports podcasts, so none of you are probably even know what I'm talking about. But there's these uh, four guys on the podcast, and one of them uh, just died from cancer last week, and he was only 46. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, because these guys are what we would classify as like liberal, like they, you know, don't want necessarily want anything to do with God or anything like that. But it was so weird because the host is like a backslidden Catholic and he suddenly started talking uh, after this guy died. He's like, I just went out and pulled out my grandma's rosary and I just started praying. People are more open and vulnerable. You know, I I just started praying for his soul. As I'm listening to this, I was like, that was the last thing I expected them to do was like go to religion. Hmm. But people are wanting hope and, you know, and they're crying out and looking for something. And so... 
You know, yeah. it, even if we think like, oh, well, we've just blown it. The church has blown it. It's like, no, there's opportunity. Yeah. Well, and we so. see here too, again, that salvation is from the Lord. Yeah. And God brought revival to these pagan sailors that didn't really, they weren't seeking after God. No, and God used this storm and the wayward prophet to bring mercy to these sailors. Yeah. Yeah. And salvation. Yeah. That was my takeaway. Any thoughts before we move on? Well, mine's not as uplifting. Yours is so good, but I put, there are those who call themselves believers, but don't want to be under the authority of God's word. And they want God to sanction their choices, attractions, and desires. But those in God's grace and kingdom have an obligation to live under the authority of his word. Mm. Excellent. Thank you, but it wasn't as happy. Good word. Well, and that was how I titled this day, Running from the Call of God. Mm, That, you know, God has a plan, he has a will, he has a way, and he has a time. And Jonah was running from it, and yet God was working still in the midst of it. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so now Jonah 2, thoughts and recaps of God, Jonah, the sea, the fish, and prayer. For God, I just put inescapable, sovereign, able to use nature and the elements obedient to him. Yeah, yeah. You know? Power there, yeah. That's yeah. just what I read. Yeah. I put too just that he's long-suffering and his yeah. love is boundless and he's always ready to forgive. And he forgives all who call upon him in truth. You mm-hmm. know, I was just reading, like, um, I quoted Psalm 86.5 because it's mm-hmm. one of my favorites because I like the word ready there, ready to forgive. I just love that ready. Um, because we don't think of God as anxious to forgive. We always think mm-hmm. we have to jump through hoops or what's my penance or God's like, well, hmm, I'll see if you've really changed. Mm-hmm. But God's ready, like, come on, say you're sorry. Just say you're sorry. Just be sorry, you know? And he's mm-hmm. just so ready I know, because he wants that. to bring us back in like the prodigal father checking the road mm-hmm. for his son. Mm-hmm. Is he coming back? And I, I like to say that the prodigal father was obsessed with the road. No, my, my son's coming. You know, they're like, Dad, come eat dinner. But he might come back tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know, in the morning, you know, when Brian was a little boy, his dad left. And um, his dad said he was coming. And his mom tells this story that Brian climbed a tree and wouldn't get out of the tree. And his dad never showed up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he was in the tree all day. And finally... It was bedtime, and she had to coax him down from the tree. But I think of the father. I mean, how many days was he out there searching the road, and he never came? And then the one day, the son came, and the father was so ready. Mm -hmm. You're ready with the coat, ready Mm -hmm. with the ring, ready for the restoration. And God is ready to forgive. And I was was reading that, too, in, um, like you, I'm I'm in Matthew right now, and I I was reading just about, um, the Lord's desire to forgive. I have not come to call the righteous to repentance, but mm-hmm. sinners. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. Jesus came, and he has authority on earth to forgive sins, and he yeah. exercised yeah. that authority mm-hmm. again and again and again, forgiving, and then he mm-hmm. died that he might forgive and yeah. that we might be forgiven. Yeah. Oh, boy. I was thinking too, like in Lamentations, you know, here you've got this prophet, Jeremiah, that's this weeping prophet. And he says, if it weren't for the fact that his mercies were new every morning, we would be utterly consumed. Mm. But he's so faithful Mm -hmm. to forgive and so ready to forgive. Mm -hmm. And what a, that's, yeah, that's so good. And it just, to me, I put like, well, then how can I be so grudgy? 
about things. How, who are oh. we to ever, you know what I mean? Yeah. When you think about the magnitude of that forgiveness. In other words, like, who are we ever to act like Jonah? Yeah, who are, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> there are, know. you know, I we mean, all have we a little all, Jonah in us. We all yes. have a little bit of Jonah yeah. in us. And, and the idea that we look at him and go, tisk tisk Jonah, oh, yeah, instead of saying, you know, I, I was talking to a friend of mine this week, Tony, and he was saying that you should never go to the Word trying to prove your case. Mm. But you should always go to the Word because the Word is always correcting us. It, it's always showing mm. us ourselves. Mm. And, and that's what James said, doesn't he? Right. That mirror. you're looking in a mirror. Mm-hmm. And when you go to a mirror, like personally, I go to a mirror to find out if my mascara is still on my eyelashes or if it's under my eyes, mm-hmm. you know, like I'd rather fight than switch. Or if my lipstick, a couple weeks ago, I was doing this, and I didn't realize that my lipstick was around my lips instead of on my lips. You know, like you see those little, you know, 80-year-old women, you know, 80-something-year-old women sometimes that their lipstick would be like outside their lips. So I was like, I am that woman. And I go to the mirror, but I hadn't gone to the mirror all day. And then when I went home, I went, oh my goodness, how many people did I talk to? How did they, you know? And we go to the mirror for correction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I go to correct, to you know, put hairs back into place, to put mm-hmm. lipstick on lips, clean it up around the outside. Mm-hmm. I go to correct. Right, and to see clearly what's to see really clearly. there. Like, yeah, that, that's like Habakkuk, right? He yes. says, I will stand on my rampart and see what I will answer when I am corrected. He was mm-hmm. expecting to have his perspective changed. And that's if so you good. go to the it's, word yeah. to justify yourself, you're going with the wrong. That's a great. You're going with the wrong boy. entrance. Yeah. That's yeah. never going to get you in the word. And mm. so we have to kind of come to the word with soft hearts and be ready for God mm. to correct us yeah. and to really like. And that's what I've loved about this is taking it really slowly. I read the whole chapter several times during the week and just ask wow. the Lord, like, what do you want to show me? Like, where are? Yeah, You're and amazing. like, I'm like no, wow. it just it <laughs> helps me to understand totally. it. But also, like, I want to see like where are those places where I'm missing your mercy or where are those places where I'm not being thankful or where are those places where like I need to see more clearly the call or the walk that you want me to walk into yeah amen going to the sea and Mm -hmm. throughout the bible the sea is always used as a place of darkness danger and chaos Mm -hmm. and what we see in this is that um that the lord alone can use even darkness and danger and chaos That's good. and he even has his way in the mm-hmm. sea mm-hmm. and the bible tells us that god even in the psalms that god even has his way in the sea and that's what that even in the sea of darkness he's got this fish that's mm-hmm. obeying him yeah and i was thinking you know even in government no matter where you are god's got his fish mm-hmm. that are doing his will. Yeah. And it just, I don't know, that was like a weird takeaway, but it hit me this time. Like, even in that darkness, there's yeah. a fish that's going to do the will of God mm-hmm. and under his command, mm-hmm. and it's going to save a prophet. Well, and yeah. I thought too that there are so many multifaceted purposes of God in each of these elements that he has control of. So like we see the fish, and to me, there were just so many multifaceted um, uses that God had for it. It was like what we talked about, that lifeboat fish mm-hmm. or that timeout fish, like where he was <laughs> brought back to that place of seeking God um, and like the wayward prophet was brought back. But then we also see the people that God was sending him to, they worshiped to get 
um, Dagon, is that how you say it? Yeah, Dagon, um, which is the god, fish yeah. god. That's true. And you know, That's the Philistines, point. when they were also worshipers, they had a temple to Dagon. And I don't, I'm sure you guys remember, you know, in 1 Samuel, when the Philistines stole the Ark of the Covenant, um, we see that statue of that god fell down, the head fell off the statue of Dagon, mm. and then the hands fell off. And so that, that, false God was worshiping the one and true God. And so you see like these people, they worship that God. Mm. And this is one more multifaceted purpose that God used, even a fish. That's great. I, for the fish, I was, I was thinking, um, I tend to like look for God's purposes and everything because mm-hmm. I believe that God has a purpose in everything. And some people yes. don't like that. They're like, come on. And I'm like, you know, all things work together. Mm-hmm. And even with my broken toe, I'm like, okay, Lord, what are you saving me from? Mm. And, you know, I usually take these long do- uh, walks with my dog, and I like to go to areas where Brian's told me not to go. And I was thinking, only because I've had a couple homeless incidents that yeah. were not real positive. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> not real safe. Yeah, and I was thinking, Lord, are, is it dangerous right now to go there? Mm. And you know that nothing less than a broken toe would stop me. (laughs) You know, and to thank God for the broken toe because this broken toe is probably keeping me from something. And God knows what it is. And I found that there is a purpose even in um, the, the crazy things that I don't like happening. That God's got some purpose. And maybe I might not know that purpose on earth, but in heaven... I'll know that purpose and what that purpose is. And I think about, in the Bible, there's a story about Jeroboam's son um, dies. And he's very sick. And Jeroboam has his wife dress up um, like a poor woman and go to this prophet. And she's all disguised. And the prophet says, you know, what are you doing, a wife of Jeroboam? Mm -hmm. Like calls him right out. And and the prophet's blind anyway, so it's really like (laughs) dumb. And he says, I know who you are. When she's at the door, come in. And he said, the son's going to die because God has found something good in him. And how many times we don't realize that death is sometimes a mercy because that child is so good mm-hmm. or that person is so good mm-hmm. that it's a mercy and we don't see that. We always oh, no. see that like, why they were so young. It's so yeah. terrible. Yeah. And because we don't know the other half. And we don't see into the future like mm-hmm. God sees. So I always say, Lord, I know you have a purpose for this, mm-hmm. even though I don't have exactly. a purpose. So, you know, even for this, sometimes I'm like, I don't see the purpose, but I want to thank you for the purpose yeah. I don't see. Mm-hmm. And it gives mm-hmm. us patience in our trials that we can trust the Lord that he's walking with us and he does have purposes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not useless. So, you know, there was a purpose for the great fish. Mm-hmm. It was a corrective purpose, like you said. Mm-hmm. It was a... It was a transatlantic purpose. Mm-hmm. It got him to the yeah. dry land and to the place Corrected he was supposed to be. Route. You know, yeah. went the opposite yeah. course of the, the... I mean, think about the ship the would ship. have taken him. Yeah. And this fish took yeah. him right back. I mean, you've got these purposes of God even in mm-hmm. the fish. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, my takeaway on that is like, so how important it is to yield and surrender to that will. Just like we're talking about nature responding to God. And I just thought of, you know, we pray thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And in heaven, of course, we know the will of God is accomplished, you know, without resistance, without all this questioning. And so it's like, Lord, do that in me that I would just yield. Can you imagine if you had to go, angel like, what? Are you sure? You know? Yeah. But they're like, like, he knows best. I don't don't get this. Time for this? Yeah. Yeah. We don't get this, but let's do it. 
We're out of time. Any Oops. last thoughts before we pray? Well, no, nope. we'll God done. hears it. I know, and yeah. that's, yeah, the thing. Even prayer, if you're in a fish. Pray, 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 so good. Jasmine, would you mind closing us in prayer? Okay, I mean, no, I don't mind. <laughs> So Lord, we do, um, God, just thank you so much for the purposes, God, and the plans, the things we can't always see. We thank you for your word, Lord, in these, these you know, events in your word and, and how they play out as examples and lessons for us to see how things got, went from point A to Z and see you did have a purpose and a plan in all of it. And Lord, we pray that in that, we would recognize that you have the same for us, these things that you're wanting to work in us, Lord, to will and to do for your good pleasure. And so help us, Lord, to yield to those things, God, mm. to surrender to the way you do things um, and, and the timing and all of that, Lord, please help us to not be like the mule and be stubborn against you, Lord, but to be surrendered and say, your will be done on earth in my life as it is in heaven. Help me to stay yielded and surrendered. Lord, I'm praying that for myself. And I, I just pray that for all of us, Lord, that uh, not by might or by power, but by your Holy Spirit, you would work these things and that willingness and that yieldedness into our lives. So we love you, Lord, and just ask you continue to apply these truths to our lives daily, Lord, and uh, help us to you know, put boots on the ground and walk in these things in Jesus' name.